Hey, that song sounds a little bit familiar. Welcome to a very special on-location edition of the Brisbane Football Review. We're here at the 4X Ale House for the Raw Supporters Federation Fan Forum with David Pure. It's James Scott and Adam with you. We're about an hour and a quarter, hour and a half away from kickoff of that. Guys, how are we? I'm good. Good, James, Adam. Yeah. It's actually weird being in a place where I have to wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little setup for the uh, forum tonight. And uh, ho- hopefully it's the, it's the calm before the storm, I'd say. Mm. Mm. We'll have a segment on that a little bit later as well, so keep your ears peeled for that. Stick with us if the first two are a little bit rough. I think that is also code for. <laughs> and yeah, so we're going to go through pretty much our regular show tonight. Uh, and we're going to start off with segment one, recapping the A-League doubleheader over the weekend because we've had two rounds of action. I'm going to start off with Friday night, Brisbane nil, Western Sydney 2. Really not what we were hoping for to kick off the weekend, was it, Scott? No, it's really not. Particularly after the Adelaide game, where they showed tremendous fight and character to win that game against all odds. And it just never happened for them on Friday night. Just nothing they had really a fair seen. bit of possession in the first half, but a couple of sloppy goals conceded, and then the second half just was nothing, really. Well, I think we all noticed... Like uh, Western Sydney's two goals basically came from their two opportunities in the first half. That's that's pretty much been sort of I guess the sum of the season for the Roar is that they they just it's it really is clunky. It sort of it didn't they didn't look like scoring. Like when when the first goal went in, you thought, you know what, there's probably not going to be a way back. The the key was for the Roar to get on the board first, put pressure on Western Sydney, having now having with Western Sydney having the shorter turnaround. But when Oriel Riera scored the first goal, it's almost like you had the sense of oh we're, we're gone. Yeah, there, I think there's still a little bit of hope that you could get back and at least peg in a 1-1 draw here. But yeah, that second goal to Mark Bridge, though, that was enough to put a lot of the supporters' hands in their head. It because was. It was also a really good goal yeah. as well. Well worked from the Wanderers. A lot of passing and interchanging positions. It was very Gombau-like. So from their perspective, that's a very good sign for them. Yeah, but this is a raw show, Scott. Oh, no, we have to at least mention the fact that it was a good goal. <laughs> we do. So there were three changes to the side. Out, Corey Brown, Matt Mackay suspended, obviously, and Ramadak Bari. In came Conor O'Toole, Mitch Oxborough, and Corey Grimero. It was great to see Grimero get 90 minutes, although he could very easily have you know, turned the tide of the game with his one-on-one chance. Look, that's probably that was probably the one standout chance um, was that was um, Corey Gamiro's, you know, chance again, like shooting and that Bedran Ninovic was just was just brilliant on that save. And that, and that probably in the end of the day, that's probably what was the difference. I think if you're going to sum up that game, it was a case of two keepers just producing phenomenal mm-hmm. saves. And yeah, it was I do ca- think that moment was a real turning point, though. Yes. At, uh, was it one nil? No, it was nil all. It was just before the first goal went in. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge moment there for the. And again, that's the second time now for the Raw. They've been denied a goal or a goal-scoring opportunity. From that, thinking back to Macaroni against Perth. I oh, saw so we're talking about the offside, yeah. of course. Yeah, the yeah. offside, oh, the offside and too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the Aloysius obviously went off on the sideline about that, and fair enough too. Yeah, there was a really good audio grab from yeah. Fox Sports there. Where Alex, saying, he was onside, and you kind of, you know, Aloysius has come under a lot of complaints for some of the things that he's done this year, but in just in that situation alone you really do have to feel for yeah. the guy because there, how many times this year have there just been so many offside calls we yeah. look at and go no that's well, there's the, the two that were 
onside that were given offside, and then there was Macaroni who was scored and then had it pegged back. So that's three, one definite goal and two probable. I feel like we're forgetting one on that as well. Yeah. But either way, the point that's still at least stands. three. Well, it seemed, seemed like that that period of time, about four or five minutes between about the 28th minute and the 32nd mm-hmm. minute, was, it was a triple whammy for the Roy. You had the, off, the offside call, then you had the goal scored by Oriol Riera, and then as well on top of that you had Thomas Christensen come off through injury, and then which completely changed the like basically formation. That, that to me, that was, yeah, that was telling. And Christensen was really good before he went off as well. He was controlling the midfield. That yeah, was a it, huge loss. We were starting to see... I suppose what Christensen really could bring to the team, the, like coming back from injury. But yeah, it was just so unbelievably frustrating. And uh, the substitution there was I'm drawing a blank on it this. It was was it bowls? bowls on and Pepper in the midfield. That's right. Yeah, there was no midfielder on the bench. Yeah, I and I have to admit the thought did cross my mind at that point of do we just throw on another attacker and go yeah. for it? Which I would have strongly considered it. To yeah. Be honest. Well, at that point, what have you got to lose? Hmm. But yeah, I think. Was it the first goal where Jamie Young had that save and it was just a case of an open net, or was that the second one? I'm trying to remember now. It was that was the first goal. The yeah, second the goal, goal was um, Mark Bridge from a very, from a kid angle yeah. and very yeah. and he was left to run wide open yeah. as well, yeah. wasn't he? He was. So either way, very frustrating, and I suppose it's not really easy to look back and say, "Oh, here are all the positives." But as we mentioned, Jamie Young continued his stellar form, yeah. and the second one was, of course, the. I'm, I'm going to call it a two-striker formation there with yeah. Macaroni and Gramero, where you're starting to see Macaroni dropping a little bit deeper into that playmaker role. It was more effective against Sydney, I see, which we'll get to, but he did it in both games, you're right, and it was very, very... I think it's working well. I think it's probably the best combination the Raw can have with Macaroni, just sitting off either Gamero or D'Agostino or somebody else in that front position, just to stretch the team and give some runs in behind, because Macaroni doesn't really have that. But he's got that really good close control to be able to beat players from that number 10 area. And he can dribble as well, yeah, which we are starting to see. Mm, yeah. Let's move on to Monday Night Football, thankfully without uh, Sean McDonough calling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Gruden. <laughs> well, He'll be calling nothing anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'll be calling plays, my bad. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll save the NFL talk yeah. for the Super Bowl. Save it for the end of segment. Yep. 3-0 Sydney FC, were you at all surprised by that? Look, no. Uh, and to, to be honest, like, it's a lot, obviously, it's almost a straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of fans and whatnot. But look, you know, as equal as we were praising West, West Sydney, look, uh, look, I think Sydney FC are a far away better, probably with the exception of Newcastle at the moment, better than anyone in the league. And, that, that's, and that's, you know, to, to lose 3-0, and look, Arnie sort of is postulating in the pre- in the post game, that it could have been ten. Look, he may have, he so may have been halfway there. But I, I, look, this I, is yeah. I kind of actually think that's a little bit of a sorry to go back to the NFL, yeah. but a Bill Belichick approach of yeah, we did this, but we could do this better, this yeah. better, this better. Oh look, he, he, look, Arnie was never going to say, oh yeah, three nil, you beauty, let's pull up stumps. But, um, look, I, th- I was actually of the two games, I actually thought the Raw sort of they. They were only allowed to play. They, they sort of showed signs at times, but I think where it all fell down for them was this continual insistence to play it through the middle where Sydney would just almost, you know, basically crowd the centre of the pitch. And it was only when late when... Sorry, I'm sort of yeah. almost covering the whole game here. But it was only when, when Borchek came on and they were sort of attacking from the wings we actually saw anything. But look, Sydney were gone yeah. over the hill by then. Well, one thing that stood out on the Fox Football podcast that I was listening to on the way here today... They were talking about how Newcastle did a really good job getting after Sydney yeah. FC by essentially bypassing, as Scott calls them, the Hack Brothers in the midfield. Mariners did it as well. Yeah, and, and that's... Coincidentally, the two games have dropped points in this year. Yeah, 
So maybe there's yeah. something to that, and you, you would figure that by the time meeting number three comes around later this year, yeah. that might be something that not only Brisbane, but the league has started to pick up on. Firstly, they are the hack brothers. You've seen the way they play. That's all they do. You get past them, they just hack you down. But on the game, I don't know why anyone's surprised about the result, because Sydney FC are flying, and they are a superior team right now, too. I think they're even superior to Newcastle, to be honest with you. Yeah, oh, look, I think they're levels yeah. above. When you look at their foreign players, they've just nailed it. And look, they're a super team. Well, it does sort of say a lot that the conversation now has turned to can anyone upset them in the grand final and where do they rank compared to the previous benchmark, which was, of course, the 2010 to 2012 Brisbane Raw side. Well, we'll save that for another day, but I I do think that the discussion has to start. Because they're a super team. They, they deserve to be, for me, look, not, not invoking, but I think they deserve to at least be in the sort of top three grass teams all time. But look, Adrian Mizierski, yeah, look, he he's by far and away, if he doesn't win the Johnny Warren medal, that, there's something wrong because he's far and away the best foreigner in this league. Babo has pretty much got the golden boot. So look, I think they're, they're cruising. And you know, as much as the Brisbane Raw fan, it pains me to say it, yeah. but you know, almost wave the white flag because I think Sydney yeah. are going to go back to back. I, just I think, also think yeah. that the perception is that they're a boring side. They, they played some really good football on Monday night, including the offside goal, which was a rule out. That was a great bit of play. I, yeah. I will, so when you bring that up, just I'll say, I will say one thing. The difference between sort of Sydney and the rest of the league at the moment, that first goal that was scored, the, the ball across from... Ball, it was from Ninkovic to Mizierski and then to Hello, Bobo. Mizierski to Ninkovic. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, you're right. But if, watching the replay on that, Daniel Bowles turned his head for a split second and that was enough for Bobo to get that yeah. opening to, to tap in. And That's the difference at the moment. Yeah, and that mm. ball, we saw it because you guys came around and sat with me in the game, and mm. that ball was inch perfect. It was, like, it was yeah. a little bit lower, and we, Bobo, we were actually behind it had to the be as well because the there were so. three, three raw players between Ninkovic and, yeah. and Bobo. Yeah, so it, it was, had to be perfect. It was one of those passes that just had to be perfect. And as you, you could say, argue one of the raw players should have cut it out. But Speaking of inch perfect, though, that second goal from Mizievsky, obviously there was a bit of... You could probably look back and say who was meant to be closing him down, but that finish around the defender into the far corner, just yeah. phenomenal. My, my point to a lot of people on that is, you know what, yeah, look, you can blame, you can blame the, the defenders for backing off, but there is only a handful of players in this league at the moment that yeah. would have scored The other thing that. is he got beyond the midfield and they should be tracking back as well. And if you want to, I suppose, compare it to some of the things we've actually seen in the past, you know what that actually reminded me of? Thomas Broich around William Gallas against Perth mm. a few years ago. Yeah, so, no. I, like, that's just the first thing that jumped yeah. out into my mind there. And as you mentioned in this game, we saw Macaroni really driving at a defender yeah. from his number 10. He was really unlucky not to score in the first half as well. That was a great bit of play. Yeah, not Megan Zula as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's definitely his position going forward now, that yeah. number yeah. 10 running at play, people run. Yeah. People and, game plan, sorry. And I do think that, <coughs> excuse me, as I suppose Corey Gramero seems to be the preferred maybe best suited option yeah. to that. We'll probably find out when D'Agostino's fit again because I don't think they've been fit at the same time either. Good point. I completely forgot about D'Agostino. Sorry about that. Yeah. But yeah, that's the way it seems yeah. to be playing out. After the game though, like that's when a whole bunch of headlines yeah. were generated from Fahid Ben Kalfal's post-game audio. Yeah. Now Scott, did you get this? What's this? Did you get the audio for this? Yeah, it's on the link, yeah. It's okay. In, yeah, it's in the thing. Okay, so we're going to play this audio for you now. Very, thanks very much to Fox Sports. Recently, it, um, a sense of frustration again. Do you feel, feel at times you had opportunities, but perhaps there wasn't enough belief that you could go on and win the game? Well, yeah, maybe, but I don't want to be rude or something, but you know when you miss too many players, and yeah. it's not the same quality. And that's a fact. Like, I don't want to criticise or anything, but it's hard. And, like, you think you've got a possession, you can play through them, but... We didn't score and it's a finish them, so we can't concede like two goals like that. 
especially the first one. Like he's only he's only one there's only one player in the box and, and he scores. So we can't. Like and, and we have to look at the mirror because that's not good enough and, and it's ridiculous. I'm seriously like it's just the players. So we have to do we have to do more because ours like the staff everything everyone is amazing but just we have to work harder because at home like we lost last week we lose again and I'm done with that so uh, I can't like I can't accept that we, we can't accept that we just have to keep harder we do have to work harder and uh, yeah we have to believe because we've got good players a great staff but that's not enough unfortunately and uh, we have to do more because we can't accept to be in that position and uh, yeah all the players have to do more my, like I'm the first so I put my hands up and uh, I have to do more as well so but uh, we played against a good team we have to give it, we have to give them the credit as well but we can't like when you play against like you know the best team and uh, we give them a, a goal like that after it's easy and uh, it's annoying because yeah you finish the game and you think you played you had possession something but they were worthless every time they had like a situation we were in danger so we have to work harder, especially defensively. We have to do more, everyone, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we can get uh, some players back next week, and uh, we'll be better. Appreciate your honesty. Thanks, mate. No worries. Thank you. And Ben Calfler did not hold back on that at all. No, and he's he's right about what he says. And Matt McCoy says something similar after the Perth game, if I remember correctly. But it's one thing to say; it's another thing to deliver it on the field. Well, you because know, we've heard it a couple of times now. We saw a response in the Adelaide game. We need to see a consistent response from them. Well, you know what? For me, the only person... Well, there are only two people that could probably get away with saying that at the moment. One is Jamie Young. The other yep. one is Ben Calfuller. Because we've seen in the last month, he has absolutely yeah. stepped up. The execution's not always there with him, but the effort and intensity is. Yes. That's what you have. There's at least effort there to, to make, make something happen. The funny thing about that was that interview was a total of two minutes... Nick Meredith asked one question. The rest was yeah. played Ben Cuff. You got that about is, eight, eight answers, though. That was one. He's one frustrated guy. And you know what? And you can look at it. Look, and we, we ran a poll on this and on, on, our, on our Facebook page. And despite sort of being accused of being misinterpreting it and whatnot and you know, being misingenuous, look, at the end of the day, um, this is one frustrated guy who actually has passion for the club, something that he was accused of not so long ago. Yeah. So, you know, look, he's telling the truth. Isn't that what we want, honesty? And the way that he's stepping up to, I would say, defend John Aloisi now. Because, like, again, this was from the Fox Sports podcast where he's saying, you know, Aloisi is the best coach that he's had and whatnot. If nothing else, he's got, he's got one guy firmly in his yeah. corner that wants to play for him. Yeah, he does, absolutely he does. I'm not sure it's true or otherwise, given I'm assuming he played for some really top coaches in Europe, but absolutely he has him in his corner. Yep. I think it is important as well that the players do take some responsibility for this. A lot of... A lot of blame is from the supporters has been aimed at Aloisi and the coaching staff, but the players have to take a fair bit of responsibility here too. And just just one thing, just I just mentioned that poll. I'll just uh, pull up the now that the poll is actually closed. Seventy five percent of the respondents was uh, sorry. Let me again. Really uh, professional. Yeah. This radio <laughs> sorry, sorry, I can't we're, think. We're, I can't in unf- we're in an unfamiliar environment. Yeah, yeah. but uh, basically for me the two hundred fifty eight votes. Sorry, seventy five percent. Yep. I'm not doing the maths on that. (laughs) But, yeah, for me, the big standout thing here is uh, at least there's someone there that I suppose might not be a fan favourite, but is at least echoing a lot of the comments that we're getting on our Facebook page and Twitter accounts at the moment where we're seeing 
a lot of people frustrated. It's frustration. Yeah. 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 The important thing is, though, is now, as I'll say it again, they need a response from it. It's no good just saying it. You have to now deliver on that starting Friday night in Newcastle. Mm. And not just that game. You've got to continue it through the end of the yeah, season. Because we saw some sort of a response in Adelaide. Yeah. And then it's all fallen off in the last yeah, two games. we were talking about last week on the show, is this a turning point for the Raw where they can kickstart their season? And that didn't quite happen. No. <laughs> well, okay, let's move on to finals. Is this the end of Brisbane hopes, realistically? It's getting close. It's getting very close. Yep. I know there's a lot of games to go, but they're games against teams who are going to be fighting for those positions as well. And particularly if, if they the do, chase. Yeah, if they do qualify for the Champions League, then that will take away a tremendous amount of resources as well. Friday night's last chance for mine. Yeah. If, if we're going to talk realistically, yep. obviously, I think math- mathematical yeah. is going to be As soon as you more, start talking mathematically, it's well out of your hands. This Friday night is, is it, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, because you, then you start thinking about Champions League. We know that there's, there's talk that they're going to play a young team in Central Coast in, in preference for Champions League. We, that's, what we, that's what we're hearing. So, look, if they don't win Friday night, it's the finals are gone. Maybe that's what Banco Fala was hinting at as well. He realises that it's getting very close to last chance here. Yep. Well, for me, two more weeks. They've got... Yep. This weekend coming up against Newcastle, which I think we all agree is a very, yeah. very tough yeah. test. Perth at home. Yep. That, for me, is win or go home. That's the last game before the Champions League kicks in for the yep. Raw. Yep. yep. So that's your last... It's also a yep. team who's challenging for that sixth spot as well, who are also struggling. And look, as we keep pointing out pretty much every week now, it seems like, it is very congested from, I think, fifth to ninth. Yep. Although that it's gap... It's starting is... to split up a bit more now. That being said, you've still got the possibility of... You know, two wins and you're back on track. Unfortunately, well, we just haven't seen back-to-back wins. Well, that's what that's what Western Sydney at the moment. Yeah. Their support is all of a sudden. You know, three three games ago, they were they were questioning Joseph Gombau, you know, whether he's the right coach. All of a sudden, they put a couple together and they're they're sort of right back in the hunt. You know, for those for that third four, I think first and second's gone. Oh, no, oh they're well gone. I think third's yeah. gone too with victory. Yeah, and City's probably going to take fourth as well. I'd say that there'll be some combination of three, four. I would say you, you're, you're down into the zero six. point somethings for yeah. third and fourth yeah. and probably the single digit percentage yeah. for even fifth and sixth. Yeah. But you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, I don't think Raw. <laughs> chance of being top two, that's, that's gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so there was one more big story that came out after this. Craig Moore saying Raw players are fighting for their careers. A quote from Marco Monteverde's article. Between now and the end of season, we'll be reassessing a lot of things at, the, at this football club. It's clear that a lot of players are playing for their careers. It's up to them to show how much desire they have to stay at the Raw. Now... I'm going to throw this to you guys. Is he talking about the old players or the young players? I think he's talking about every player in the squad because across the board, there's all not performed. You can't just say the old players haven't performed and the young players have, or vice versa. They've all underperformed this year. And I think it's absolutely a message to all of them that they have to deliver. If they want to be here, you have to perform. This is a big football club in this league. It has expectations of minimum top four. And that's at the very least. And that's not been met this year, clearly. Just reading that quote for me, like that screams, yeah. young guys, you've got to step up and challenge the older guys who aren't performing yep. either. Old guys, you've got to keep the young guys at bay. I think, um, I think I understand what he's trying to say, but I think the message out in the fan base has been, we've been taken the wrong way because it's, it seems to even the sort of the storm clouds even gathered even more so than anything because people are questioning what's he doing sitting on the bench. We've seen that for the last two yeah. games at home. You know, this sort of comment which basically puts ev- with, with the quotation everyone's career is on the line. You know, where is his role? Yeah. You know, subject to that. That's where line. I was going to go as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the message. I think the yeah. message is actually. I know he's trying. He's trying. It's almost like a rally cry, saying, yeah. you know what, do. 
you know, start yeah. performing or else. But I think that has been taken, misconstrued yeah. the wrong way by the fan base, and they're really out yeah. for blood at the you moment. You see this in other sports as well, where when teams have, have oops, as James' phone goes off. Yeah, that was you see, you, you see this in other sports where, um, where teams have a down year, they start doing full reviews of everything in the football department. And I think everyone should be included in that, including the coaching staff and who selects the players as well, because there were clearly mistakes made there as well. I think that's the other point that needs to be made as well. I was wondering where my phone was. <laughs> I was going to make another point as well, but your phone going off has completely made me lose my point. Well, either way, <laughs> yeah, it's it really is getting to last chance. Oh, that's the other thing. Um, if they are do, if they keep leaving players out of contract, like it's going to start those players start getting offers elsewhere. I've seen Corey Brown linked to Melbourne Victory for one, and, and if you do lose players, you have to replace them as well. Yep. So at some point, they might have to make decisions about players that they do intend to keep. All right, so that's going to be it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's going to be a very quick segment, too, with James Scott and Adam for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. We had to get this segment in because... The Brisbane Royal W League side are still rolling. 2-1 win over Melbourne victory. I missed this game because I was driving back from the Sunshine Coast. Thank you, Friday afternoon. You missed a traffic. great game, though. Mm. At, well, tell me about yeah. it, Scott. Well, the first half, in fairness to Melbourne victory, they came with a plan to frustrate the draw, and it worked an absolute treat. They scored a good goal, Molina Ayres. Great goal. But yeah, probably back, not the greatest defending from the Raw, but it was a very good strike. And they really frustrated the Raw, as evidenced by Tamika Butt and her a questionable incident right on half-time where she lashed out at a victory player. I, I can't remember who it was, but the second half, the rule, they, they were still pushing in the first half as well, by the way. Well, they weren't outplayed. It was just they could not get the ball over the line. In the second half, the goals came. It Was a case. Was it a case yeah. of Melbourne victory, just really knowing yeah. how to stifle yeah. it? I was just going to say, just on the Tamika Butt incident, I think um, she is very, very mm-hmm. lucky and fortunate that there is no VAR in the W League because I dare say, you know, as much as, you know, being... Being a raw fan, I dare say yeah. she may have been in a bit of trouble with that if, if it had been reviewed. And the goals again, set pieces again for the raw. It's been a big strength for the W League side this year again. Well, take us through with a header to equal the scores, and then a second phase play set piece where Celeste Bray headed in from just near the edge of the box. That was a very, very that good, goal very good header that as well. And I did actually see Celeste making a joke on Twitter afterwards saying she had whiplash. Really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprised. So I did manage to watch the goals, and they were very well yeah. crafted. So yeah. So, the uh, Raw W League side are now 21 points, four points clear on top of Newcastle, and... They're in a great position to finish in the top two at the very least. But with that said, they've got a few tough games ahead of them. Yeah, so... The bye this weekend before City away, which is a massive game. So, there's two more games left for the W... Three. Three games. So, I've got City away, Adelaide away, and Canberra at home in the last round. And that's going to be a very big one. I believe it's a double header with it Melbourne City in the A League yep. Sunday afternoon, and hopefully that's the one where just everyone who's going to the A League game. Yeah, shows we thought up. we thought that the Perth Glory game um, over in the West was a championship decider, but given the sort of result, and we'll go through it shortly, um, Melbourne City look like they're back, and mm. I think that game in two weeks' time could also be a very very big game. It may it may even seal it for the Raw, but. Let's, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Don't write off the Canberra game either because mm. they're still they're still in around that top four race. It's, it's, and if it does come down to the last day for them, that's not going to be an easy game either. Well, if you look at the ladder with places two to six, you've got five points separating them, yep. all with a minimum three yeah. games to go. So it's certainly going to 
bear worth watching the W League games that are actually broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> or get down to games if you can as well, because yeah. it's a great product. Absolutely, like we're really enjoying watching yeah. it there's, this season. I wish I could have gone yeah. to the game on there, Friday. There, there's going to be some good teams that are going to miss the finals this year, yeah. and I think that's a great endorsement for the league. Absolutely, we're seeing really high quality. So some of the other scores from the weekend: Canberra six one over Adelaide, City three 0 over Perth, and two two between Sydney and the Jets. And there is a raw W League open training session, Springer Street Fields at Fig Tree yep. Pocket. The event organised by the Raw Corps. Well. So much like what the A-League had just before yep. Christmas, except it's going to be the W League side. You can go down and tell them just how well they're doing this year. I believe year. it starts at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. 10 p.m. 10 a.m. Yep. Saturday. Yeah, go out, support them, because with what they're doing this year, they absolutely, absolutely. deserve it. All right, so uh, we're going to quickly cover the NYL, because we do have an interview coming up. Yep. Uh, victory 3-3 with the Brisbane... Raw scorers were Kai Truen, Bryce Bafford, and Tyson Martin for the Raw. Christian Theoharis, Josh Hope, and Nicholas Setter? Yep. Something like that. Yeah, close we'll enough. Go with so it was a bit of a case of working with what was available because so yeah. many young players were staying back yeah. in Brisbane for the Because Adam early. and I were at training on Sunday morning for the Raw ahead of the Sydney FC game. Thanks for doing that while I was working in the good. NFL and playoffs. Aaron Ridden was at training on Sunday morning in Brisbane. So it was all of a sudden evident to both of us how depleted this young raw side was. So the fact they went 3-0 up to start with is an amazing achievement. It shows the ta- the depth of talent in the academy side at the moment. It's funny because I think I'm sure we've seen this before, this script yeah. of 3-0 up then draw 3 all. So, <laughs> but look, um, look, we don't... like. I know there's a kick up the beard of criticism, um, but we look because of the lack of updates or anything like that, we were relying on Melbourne Victory's Twitter. We don't know the situation as far as it's the second half. You look at those players who were on the score sheet for the victory in the second half, Chris and Theo Harris, Josh Ho, both A-League experience, and probably the only two players A-League yeah. experience. So, look, we don't know the substitutions. We don't know that. I think Nicholas Setter, by the way, was a second-year player for them as well. Yeah, there we go. So, so he's an experienced player. So look, at well. the end of the day, it's, uh, the, the conference is over after um, it is. after Melbourne City won on Monday. So look, well at done the end to them. Yeah. yeah, they're just too good. So it's all about player development. And it looks like they'll play West Sydney Wanderers as well because they're well clear yeah. in Conference A. All right, so we did have plans to cover the news here, but we're There's going not to, much anyway. We're going to push that because we've got but, better news. Coming up, we have Mr. David Pure, the Managing Director of the Brisbane Raw, so we'll be back with him right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review Segment 3. It's James Scott and Adam, and we are very happy to be joined by the Raw's Managing Director, Mr. David Pure. David, thank you for your time. Hello, gentlemen. How are we? See you again, Dave. Dave. So we're coming to you from the Raw Supporters Federation Fan Forum, which you just would have seen on our social media in the Raw Supporters Federation. And Dave's been kind enough to give us a few minutes of his time. So let's just start off with the obvious question. You're back. Why? Well, it's, it's good to be back. Um, <laughs> it's good to see you back too. Well, thank you. Yep. I appreciate it. The, the reality is we're, um, I got contacted by our owners uh, the the Bakery family and representatives there and over the course of a few days and conversations they it gave me a bit of an insight around what they wanted to achieve and why things were going to be a bit different um, a lot of due diligence went in um, importantly my wife was significantly involved <laughs> in the decision she thought it would be a fantastic move and um, I had to balance it out because I was still running a company and involved in something which we started from scratch in a startup space and very fortunate they were very um, uh, welcoming to to let me go back and and be part of something 
um, which is very special to myself and uh, many other people as well. That's the reasons. Uh, so we're going to start off talking about the A-League season, which I'm sure is everyone's favourite topic at the moment. Results haven't really gone to plan. What factors do you feel have come into that? Oh, look, I think there's a myriad of different results and, uh, and factors that have come into the current position the boys find themselves in. It's certainly not uh, what we plan to happen. Uh, I think it stems back through pre-season, uh, a few injuries, um, how that's escalated. Uh, hasn't been ideal. I know John's um, putting in place and the club is around reviews of why that's happened and, and then looking at <coughs> the ways we can improve that immediately but also for the longer-term future as well. So I think it's a combination of those factors. Didn't help with a, a couple of players coming late into the squad, such as Eric, around visa issues as well. So I think he's an integral part of, of the club and, and the way forward. But I think there's a multitude of reasons, not just one singular. That's played a far, uh, part in where actually are right now. Well, a lot of the fans do feel that John Aloisi is one of the main reasons for the poor results. Do you feel he's the right man to coach the Raw going forward? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the club has made... Um, significant statements in the press and to fan base around its support of John and um, we understand that it's not ideal what's happened and where we are and he acknowledges that and um, it's important that you know, we understand where John's come from as well. He's had tremendous success at this club. He's taken it through pretty close to the top of a premiership and top nearly into championships as well in prior years when he was uh, under contract with us and before he renewed taken us to some great success over in Asia after that um, insurmountable, some would say, game that we overcame against a, a side that is probably worth tenfold what our yeah. side is worth, not on heart but on dollar value. Um, and I believe that he's been he's earned the responsibility and the right to take it forward and the club has to do it, what it can to support him. And, uh, and when we have great challenges, we face them, we move towards them and we ensure that what's happened um, around any part of the club uh, is understood upon really good expert advice, implement any changes that need to be required, and then we move forward and, and execute as we should. Uh, Dave, with one area, I guess, um, is fan engagement what whatnot. Um, I know a few years ago there was the One Goal program, which yeah. captured the goal. Is, there, is that still in effect? And if not... Is there a strategy in place as far as trying to engage the local and grassroots clubs? Yeah, uh, the one goal one at this point isn't in place. So when I when I was here, it was in place. And when I come back, it wasn't yeah. in place. Um, however, that doesn't stop us from looking at what we're doing in the grassroots clubs. And one aspect of that is our academy, which we're growing. Um, and that's really launching at the end of this month, in 22nd. It's been announced before, and, and that gives us great connection for the future talent of the Raw Um uh, coming into it and understanding how we play and uh, to go through our pathways um, to hopefully ultimately be one day a, an A-League player for the Brisbane Raw. Um, secondly, we have really good associations with Football Queensland and Football Brisbane and the club will embark on its first ever um, membership uh, offer to all of these registered players. There's tens of thousands of them. We haven't really engaged that properly. Thirdly, we've got to do more in the community. Um, we're, we're very good at supporting a lot of charities, events, functions. We're not very good at exposing that. Um, we do that with humble um, ability. We don't go out there and um, pontificate about our support in those areas, which I think is the right way. Um, but we can do a lot more as well. We've got our move to Logan, and that brings a whole range of great opportunities for local community and grow our fan base, as well as 
uh, other people within Brisbane as well, um, Gold Coast and all around Queensland, but it brings another element to our club around the community aspect and what we do to engage them is, is key part of the strategies going forward. So with the community engagement and membership offers, have you got plans in place to try and increase numbers for future seasons going forward? Yeah, we have. I mean, the, we have not done anything within the football space properly around grassroots. And, and they're the ones who enjoy, they're passionate about the game, or they wouldn't play it. I think that's um, how we tap into that, not only just in Brisbane, but I'm talking across all of the A-League. There's a, a significant focus in February around that. Um, we understand that the Brisbane Roar not not be their number one club. It might be the club they play for and they're passionate about it with their friends and families. And we have to embrace that and understand how we can engage them to come along and be part of our family and enjoy the spectacular game that we actually have. Um, and that's, uh, that's one of the strategies we're actually going to um, employ a lot strongly this year. So in terms of community engagement with the local football clubs, yep. have you considered possibly sending... Not as a requirement, but getting the A-League players, W-League and Youth League out to some of the NPL matches just as supporters to try and engage with the fan base? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we uh, we haven't done it enough. Um, that's plain and simple. We've got a great opportunity to do more of it, but also taking our players out to all clubs where we can, and physically can, logistically can, our women as well, to embrace and support their sign-up days. But it's not just that as well. It's when they're out at games, people... They have become household names, and we can do that a lot better. We are doing it, but we can, as I said, we can do more. Scott? Yeah, I'll just on the, you mentioned the training base earlier, the Logan Precinct, what's updates that's still on scheduled open late February? Yeah, no, we've just been down in Logan. We've got a walkthrough on the 17th of January, which is uh, through the majority of the change rooms and the medical facilities and the kit rooms where the players are going to be based out of. Um, the field is pretty much done. It's just being groomed now, um, but it's a fantastic space. The administration building has been finalised yep. through one of our partners, Pristine Homes, Jason Gazda, and he's been doing that all pro bono, which yep. is important for us, and um, that's how much he loves in, uh, the club and he wants to support in that way. So we're anticipating that mid-February we'll be moving in there. That's the plan. Obviously, weather always impacts builds and, uh, and other things as well. So other than weather, that's where we aim to be transitioning into um, our new home. And just how important is that for the club in general? And also for yourself, you were here the first time around to announce that. Is it good to be back to see the completion of it? Oh, 100%. It's fantastic to be back to see something which spawned out of an idea and uh, an engagement and and to uh, plan it out. A $9 million investment into that precinct was massive. Um, and to be able to see that come to fruition is is really satisfying, not only just for me, but for John, the playing group, because this essentially is our only home. Yeah. We've never had a home uh, since the inception of the yeah. Brisbane Roar. Some place we always used to be a tenant yeah. of a lot of places, but this is ours to use, and, and we want to look after it and respect it, and, and we hope our fans, uh, members and supporters and partners come down um, from time to time when they can to watch us train and feel part of it as well. Adam? Um, just a sort of, no, sort of hot-button issue at the moment, I guess, across the whole league, is expansion. Yep. What's, I guess, the club's position, and perhaps your personal position, about a potential second Brisbane-based club? Yeah, I think a second Brisbane-based club to start with would be fantastic. Um, who that's going to be is, is obviously a question. Now, as for timing... Um, well, there's two parties that really know that. One is the FFA, and, and two, depending on how the... Um, 
the interactions go between the club owners of the A-League and the FFA through what's currently publicly um, out there, I think that'll determine the speed of which growth happens. Do I think it's going to happen? It's inevitable. It's needed? Absolutely. Um, which club it's going to be and where it's going to be in Queensland, which I hope it will be, because I think we're a state that deserves a second team. It'd be great to have derbies or derbies, depending on which part of the state you come from. <laughs> um, I think that'll just only give a, a great another opportunity for fans to engage and um, hopefully choose a team and, and continue on with us, but have great... Uh, Great engagements as well, but it has to be sustainable. It has well, to be sustainable. Speaking of sustainable, with the, I suppose, drive for a second Brisbane team eventually, how important is it for the Raw to try and get a solid footprint in the market moving forward? Oh, look, if the Brisbane Raw need to have and get it right first because if we're the only A-League team right now in Queensland and we've got to do everything we can to stabilise, to grow our base um, and to really build a, a bright future. We can do that through what, how we play football, with our academies, our engagements and communities, through our members um, and fans. Um, but having a second team in here will only be done so on the viability of what we currently got. That's my understanding of it, and I think that's only prudent to go down that path. So in terms of stadium availability, some of the bids have already spoken about their desire to redo other smaller yep. stadiums in Ballymore. Would you like to see the rule with their own stadium down the line oh who wouldn't yeah. <laughs> absolutely i think that'd be a, it'd be fantastic we we lack infrastructure in this state you know we re- we lack rectangular infrastructure we've got a beautiful stadium suncorp um but it's a multi-use stadium it's got concerts it's got rugby league union yep. everything um we need something that's a lot more specific dedicated and um prudent to what a proper crowd could be i think twenty-five thousand seats would be appropriate enough. The location, at I think there's enough locations within the Brisbane area um, that needs to be near public transport. And if the governments and uh, other federal governments, if they want to be part of it, see the opportunity, I think they should do it. So it's going to yield a good return. Well, Does the club consider partnering with some of the rival codes who might join the Royal at that facility? Because some of the other codes also struggle for to fill Suncorp Stadium. Oh, look, we'd be open to all all aspects. I mean, we would want to call it at home. Um, we're, but I think in the short term, we would look at doing that. Um, if there is some dedication to our club, if how we would uh, manage that, which would be important, so give it some control, I think that's more idealistic than, than not. Communal is fine. However, depending on who you're actually yep. um, uh, being partnered with is, is important as well. I see what Victory do in Melbourne City down at Amy Park. I think that gives them a, a good footprint to work from. It's a shared tenant, but it's a majority of football. Um, not many other sports and so forth played out of there. But I think something purpose-built, rectangle, that is predominance around football, um, believe, I believe that'll work. Near good key existing infrastructure for transport, which is important. And while the Roar are playing at Suncorp Stadium, is it possible to try and do make some changes to the ground when it is a home game to make it feel like a raw home ground, like, for example, banners of the team's uh, trophies across all competitions? Yeah, so with banners and so forth, I've seen a lot of uh, advancements already, especially in the Den area where they've um, allocated a lot of seats at the front and there's different TFOs and so forth. Um, Of course, there can be more. Uh, around what we do and where we do it and how we do it. There's obviously safety requirements in some of the stands and how they dangle down, but 
I think we're always open to looking at opportunities and believing that with our engagements with the supporter bases through the RSF, through the DEN, um, that they come with ideas. And those ideas will certainly be embraced based upon their evidence and their support. And I think it's even uh, reflective of the request around the change of the walkout song. Um, we had that requested. That has mixed opinions, but... Um, the club's happy and willing to do that. We're open to those things as well. Well, well as I'm sure you're aware with the walkout song, that is also our intro music, so oh, is it? <laughs> we're right. big fans of it. <laughs> in, just in terms of what I've seen around... Well, I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm a big US sports fan, so yep. I always like seeing the markers at the Emirates Stadium of the years they've won the Premier League and FA Cup and with the New England Patriots, they've got their Super Bowl banners up. Yeah. Could that be an option for some? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're going to celebrate our history a lot yep. better. Um, we're a successful mm. club. Absolutely. We have to be proud of it. Um, how we do that, if it's through massive banners displaying what we've won and ha when we've won it, I think that's one key way of doing it. Um, so, yeah, all things are on the table around that piece to you know, express our success and to engage fans is, is ultimately the outcome so they get an enjoyable experience. Um, just with the an update, I know you mentioned before about the about the sponsorship. Is there going to be any um, sort of development as far as the front of shirt sponsor? Yeah, look, we're we're currently in the market with real partners um, who are looking at the opportunity. It wasn't ideal coming in and having not a funnel there. We've only just put in place a commercial team that is employed by the club, so I believe it's really essential that they live and breathe what we're about. And that is then resonated through when we're telling our story to commercial partners. Um, it's not easy. It's a, there's a lot of sports in Australia and we need to get our share of the dollars. Um, but we will certainly have something very soon. Um, I can't articulate which one uh, because that wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> but look, it's, it's, we've got a fantastic charity that we're supporting on the front. I think that's very socially responsible doing that. Um, financially, yeah, that has um, an intangible value uh, for not only that charity but for the club. The the realities are we need to ensure that we've got um, a good, strong partner on a principal partner. We've got wonderful um, partners who are currently with us, such as Luxury Paints, who signed on as I recently returned. That was done pretty quickly. Um, there are others there now that we're working through to um, give future commercial benefit for the club. Yeah, I won't ask you about the injuries, but one of the upshoots of that is young players getting a chance in the first team. How important is that as a club? Very important. You know, we believe that player succession and, and pathway is, is vital. Um, John has seen that, expressed it. You can see it on the pitch. Um, D'Agostino, Leck, uh, to name a couple, have started. Um, Akbari uh, have been brilliant. You know, they're, they're teenagers stepping up into playing against blokes of the calibre of Bobo and, and those areas and those players that um, that other clubs probably don't do. Yeah. We have done that, and I think that's going to give us a long-term future for the strength of our squad. Um, but also uh, it shows that we are developing players and we're giving them an opportunity. Other clubs won't take that approach. Um, I think one club in Sydney has made that pretty clear. Uh, that's great, um, but we're in a uh, salary cap environment. We're not in a promotion regular, uh, relegation environment where that is. We're about growing football and within our team and putting our system in place where we can have you know uh, success for the future and give these young guys an opportunity. 
So, and, and with sorry, James, with the academy as well, Drew Sherman had a forum last year outlining yep. the process. Is that still on track to be implemented this year? Yeah, it all is. On track? Yeah, so it's all on track to be implemented in January, yep. as he's um, he's rightfully done. He's done. He's a wonderful gentleman, yep. Drew. Um, he's put together a, a fantastic program. The articulation of that and understanding of that across certain stakeholders in Queensland um, has obviously caused some angst yep. through that, but that's all been worked through. Um, but I think Drew has done a wonderful job. The, the players who have got within the academy and how they'll play in the NPL competition will be important. But it's not even about competition, about getting the right place, the right systems, the right structure, the right coaching, um, the expertise and the, the engagement with our club um, will give them every opportunity to be successful in the future. And I suppose going forward, with the number of young players... This will be the last question, by the way. So with the number of young players coming through into the first team... Yep. Uh, how important is it for you to try and get the club to retain those players? Because we have seen a few promising youngsters go off to other teams. Yep. Would you like to see these guys stick around for the long term and become club icons? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know there's nothing prouder than having a, a junior. When you look at Corey Brown, how he started through the MPL and captain through the MPL, sorry, and so the MYL, yep. and uh, progress into a central part of our defence and left back. I think that's a testament to our club and its development and we've got some other fantastic young kids that have come through and and how John and the department look at those individually and making sure that they fit in with what we want to play and then securing them appropriately is um, is always a constant yep. discussion with them as well. So the, the good news is, yeah, we've got a lot to choose from in that area and we've got a lot of good talent. They're getting opportunity, which makes them um, valuable to us and how that plays out with our... Our club is, is obviously talked about constantly. Yep. I think what the other element is, is there's so many players coming off contract in in January or the end of the year. Yep. Um, over 140, I believe, across all the clubs. Yep. That's a tremendous amount. It is. You know, it? it gives opportunity, mm-hmm. but also says, have we, how are we actually doing this? What are we looking at doing? And yes, we've got some players coming off contract as a mixture of those, but we're not too different from a lot of other clubs. Um, but choosing those ones that stay and how we put that through is is a key component of John's job and the team's job as well. All right, so David, oh, no, I said that was the last question. I've got one more to ask. Mel Andretta with the W League, what sort of job do you feel she's done with them? She's done an absolute wonderful job. I think even from last year um, and missing out on finals to be true to what she's trying to develop within our women's program, their engagement with the players, how the players respond, the support she gets from the club, John and the football department. It's reflective on the field right now. And um, and we're hopeful that will go all the way. Uh, a few games to go. But we don't want to jinx ourselves as well. And if they, <laughs> if they deliver what they're being delivered, we should have the ultimate success, which would be fantastic for not only this club, but for those ladies as well who try their best each and every week. Um, but for all uh, all people that follow the Raw, and they can be proud that, you know, it's not just the men, it's more yeah. so about the women, mm. and they're doing us proud as well. All right, David, thank you very much for your time thank tonight. You, we really thank appreciate you, it. Adam, Scott, and I will be back to preview the Newcastle game this Friday night. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's the final segment for the show, but the second one we're recording, so it's a little bit out of order tonight. 
James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. And Adam, we've got some plugs to read. Yes, I've been reinstated apparently. So, to, to get in contact with us uh, on Facebook, search The Raw Review. On Twitter, handle is at, at, with, sorry, at, at Raw Review. Sorry, thought we'd change that. Yeah. Um, on podcasts on Wooshka and iTunes. And email is BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. And, of course, you can come and talk to us at the fan camps on the Northern Plaza after every home game. Friday was fantastic. I like yes. this new rotation policy, by the way. It's good. <laughs> uh, you should be an Australian cricket selector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so fan camps, thanks to everyone that participated over the weekend. Mm. Really yeah. enjoyed getting to talk to some people. And got some interesting opinions out there. Yeah. So I'm quite enjoying yeah. that. Come down, have your say. Good, bad, indifferent. Yeah. I don't mind. Just... Yeah. Come talk. Opposition fans as well. Don't you don't have to walk by. You can come and join us. We're not going to be. We're not going to bite you. No. Maybe. Uh, this year we've been going for a lot of. You can come and gloat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, stats. They're all playing Newcastle this week. Uh, 6:50 Brisbane time down at McDonald Jones Stadium, and they have actually got a really good record yeah, in they Newcastle. They played 21, 10, lost six, and drawn four. Yeah, they're doing. It's one of those crazy fixtures in the A League. No matter what's happening. On the table, the away team just seems to have a tremendous record. I have far too many memories of a how the hell did we do that in Newcastle <laughs> and then how the hell did Joel Griffiths do that yeah, exactly. in Brisbane? <laughs> Why didn't we never try and sign Joel Griffiths? He loved scoring at Suncorp. This is a really bad joke, but he's about in the right age bracket now. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Yeah, we you have brought it up. That. You brought that up. I did. So, Adam, what are you expecting out of this game? Oh, look, I'm hoping that it's going to be a rebound. I think there have to be there has to be a rebound, you know, um, two two losses in a row. And like I said, look, Newcastle ranks second, um, but look, you can expect nothing. You go expect nothing else than a rebound from the players. It's yeah. like they've got a good record down there, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, two something. losses and two and a half games without a goal as well. Yes, that's the other thing. That was the other, that was the one stat I wanted to bring up. Actually, yeah. we worked out it was 220 minutes since the Raw's last mm-hmm. goal, which was of course Mac- Massimo yeah. Macaroni's goal against Adelaide, so yep. it would be nice to f- have something to celebrate for the first time in almost four hours of football. Yeah, exactly. That's, but I definitely, Adam's right, a rebound is a must here. You've got to get something out of this game. Now, the first time these teams met, the Raw were in a pretty good position for a while there against Newcastle. Yep. We do remember that as a game where uh, Ronald Vargas had that horrible, yeah. horrible leg break, uh, and good news apparently is that his recovery is on track. 2-1 to Newcastle at finish, yep. though. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was one of those games I think people said that was the first sign that things were not the greatest. I thought the FFA Cup was. <laughs> no, but in the sense of in the regular season. But that was also that it's allowed the VAR overturn goal from memory. I, yeah. I was somewhere on the high seas. So yeah, that was I, I was the macaroni game. game Boy, did Jimmy's a good one. <laughs> oh, wouldn't have been happy. A game with equal drama would be good. Just less injuries to players. Yeah. Or the worst case is we get a stub toe. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that, that will take. Yeah. So To a Newcastle player, please. Brisbane's got enough injuries. <laughs> well, that's one thing we've noticed the last few weeks. So, on average, I think we've seen eight unavailable players per like per match, yeah. which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It was when you almost consider- up to 11 for the Sydney game, but then Christensen was made available. Yes. Because otherwise it would have been 11 players unavailable, which is crazy. But still, when you're averaging a third of your squad unavailable, yeah. that is... And some, insane. And, and some decent players too. Yeah. So there's, there's not a bunch of squaddies that are injured. This is like you know, you've got some of your best players yeah. you know, that are unavailable. Well, it's coming yeah. back this well. week is positive is two really key players, Matt Mackay and Avram Papadopoulos. So. And Papadopoulos was probably one of the standout players in the early part of the season before he decided to do something a little bit silly and spit at mm, Matt Simon. Yeah. Uh, what are you expecting from his return? 
will he, will he return? That's I think he'll thing. play. Yeah, does he go? Does he go straight into the start starting lineup? No, it's. Uh, I, I, think, I think I think yeah. Matt Mackay being the captain. I think you know, despite some form sort of you know questions, I think he he automatically goes in simply yeah. because we just don't have the cattle there. But um, look, it'd be interesting to see whether I, I think ultimately hit Devere and Papadopoulos is yep. the number one centre back pairing. But yeah, I just wonder if he'll actually start. But um, I think he will start because yeah. Daniel Bowles is also coming back from a long-term injury, and you don't want to rush Overload him. him yeah. yep. So keep him in Cottonwall a bit for the busy schedule coming up, where you'll need him. Well, the one thing that I'm kind of interested in is the fact that this is the first time that, well, I think last weekend was the first time the Roar have had multiple centre backs available <laughs> at the same time since. I want to say round four or five, possibly even yeah. this Newcastle game, because that was when Jacob Pepper started to come in against Melbourne City, was it? City or Victory, I forget which one it was. It was one of those yeah, two. Yeah, somewhere around there. It was Victory. Yeah, Victory yeah. at Eddie had. Yeah, so oh, we've seen yeah. Jacob Pepper coming in there since then. And look, Pepper's he done might now find himself back on his utility role on the bench now because you've got two proper centre-backs and you've got Christensen and Mackay. Do we almost have something resembling depth right now? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get on to Newcastle because chances are by the time this show's put together we're trying to rush <laughs> through this. Yeah. Second on the table, what are you expecting from them? They've just coming off an F3 derby win. Look, that's um, if, if you thought Sydney was uh, you know a tough task, this is going to be just as tough. I think they've, they've shown that Newcastle they they can they play entertaining football. Um, I think the 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 X factor of all is actually going to be the new recruit, uh, yeah. Pato Rodriguez, who scored in the F3 derby and. Bowl reports, you know, he's he's fitting in just nicely. But they do lose yeah. uh, Joe Champness yep. for he, the. He's with the under 23s. Yep. They've got a real next man up mentality though in Newcastle. It doesn't mm. matter who's unavailable, they just find a way to score goals and win games. Exactly. Because they lost Stone Donovan and nothing changed. They lost Vargas and nothing's changed. I think they're a, a really well drilled team. And only Murphy does a lot of credit for what he's done. I think down if there. anything, it'll be an entertaining game. It won't yep. be a sort of, it won't be a scratchy ball. No. Ball. I think you know both teams. I think will have to go for yeah. it. I think that's going to make for some good. The other thing I expect football. is Petrados to have a try and have a big game against his former club. Are it we going over under four and a half shots from thirty yards out? Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking over. He's going to. He's going to half time or. <laughs> I'm thinking if he gets any modicum of space, he's going yeah. to let one rip because that was one of the goals we saw at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he would have seen what Mizierski did. Why not? And like I so said, we know he can actually put it together. So, yeah. So we obviously we talked about it in segment one, where this is essentially last chance saloon to try and sneak into the finals. Do we give it any chance of some sort of upset? Oh, I like to think so, but um, the form is going to um, yeah, form so just no. But you know what? We've got a decent record there, so who knows? Adam's <laughs> right. I'll t- I'll take a draw, but you never know with Brisbane and Newcastle. At this point, any sort of momentum swing yeah. would be a positive. So, other round sixteen games coming up. We've got Saturday Wellington against Western Sydney and Melbourne Victory against Perth. Either of them sound interesting to you guys? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> And then Sunday, I'm actually very interested to see Central Coast against Melbourne City, purely because Why? Central Coast have one the, have a longer goal drought than the Raw do. Oh, do they? I think so. No, they scored at the weekend. Oh, well, so much for that idea. Yeah, then. they did before they scored. So yeah, and then finally Adelaide against Sydney FC. Adelaide, any chance? Nope. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I love your optimism, yeah. there, Scott. At, at in 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 Adelaide, no. Look, 
they're going to, the bubble's going to, bu- going to drop at some point. So Jeez, Adelaide's yeah. a lot of players with the 23s, I remember. So that's the problem. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. That's the problem. Nah, it's no not chance. the right time for Adelaide, unfortunately. Nah. Well, there we go. All right, so that's going to be it for this edi- edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks very much to the 4X Ale House and the Raw Supporters Federation for letting us record before and, I suppose, after. Yeah. And, yeah, Scott, Adam, thank you very much. Good to see you, James, yeah. Adam. Thank you guys. Thanks to our listeners. And we'll be back next Wednesday, I assume, for another show as per usual, where hopefully we're talking about a win. But I just realised we forgot predictions. Quickly, Scott. Oh, one all. One all? Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. I'm going to 1 Newcastle as well. All right, thanks everyone for listening. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll talk to you next week.